podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, all right. What's going on? What's going on? Oh, what day is this going out? Thursday? Friday? What day are we on? Oh, what a game that was on Wednesday. Oh, I tell you what. Again. Oh, mate, there was 90 minutes. There was an half time. There was all that happened. Ali stood on the sideline. Saw it. See him? All day. He looked at his watch. And they played point, and, and he did the thing with a, with a ball and that. Yeah, mint. Turkish fella. Absolutely mint. And we love Raphael still. And we love Raphael. Still. So what he Even did, after he did that he, thing. After what he did, we still love him. Still. Still love him. Till this day. As you can see, yet again, we, we, we are doing this without knowing the result of the Champions League game. Dangerous game. But yet again, we are putting our necks on the line and saying, we are nine points out of nine. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I, I said that by accident. I think we're going to rotate. Rotate. Rotate what, though? Like, who is the best team? What are we rotating to? Okay, well, we'll rotate what played the, the last game. You know In the Champions rotating. League or the league, because Ollie's no, doing some no, weird no. stuff here. You know these rotations. Yeah. You know what rotation means? Yeah. It's like spinning round. Ah, like Kylie Minogue. Oh, mate. Is that your favourite Kylie Minogue tune? What, oh, mate? Spinning that. around? No. Um, Giza and I know married her sister. Who? Giza and I play rugby with. Married Danny Minogue. Danny Minogue. True story. Danny Minogue. Giza from Salford. She was the better one as well, wasn't she? No comment. It's married to someone I know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Conflict of interest. <laughs> well, yeah. Compliment. But yeah. Um, which is your favourite Kylie Minogue tune? Danny Minogue had a few tunes, didn't she? What were her tunes, though? Can't get you out of my head. It's, I think it's mine, but <laughs> we'll take it. We'll, we'll take it. Um, is it head? Where is it? All right, we're not looking at her. I mean, I mean what tunes that's a, a pop career that didn't really go anywhere. Well, Honestly, if you'd put a gun on and said, name me a song. What was the one banger again? Probably one of them that's on the screen, but... Kylie Minogue. Look how he's spelled. Minogue. Minogue. Monogue. <laughs> Monologue. <laughs> what was she used to be in? Home and Away? I don't know. Went around my mum's yesterday. Neighbours. And uh, and they was watching Home and Away and I was like, you must be the only people. Home and Away. Why do I give a shit what's Is going the theme on? Tunes, in some weird Adelaide. Is it Adelaide? Suburb in Strayer. How does it work? You and me stay forever, closer each day. Home and away. What's your favourite soap theme tune? I don't watch soaps. I barely watch television. That's shitting it. That's shitting it. My favourite's Heartbeat. Didn't I have great I memories of that tune. Didn't Used to sing ask. it with my mum and that back in the day. Heartbeat's proper messed up as well. It's one of them things what you look forward to but you know, you knew as a kid, the closer it got to heartbeat, the closer it got to bath time and bed and school in the morning. Can, oh. can I just put this out there, right? Because this isn't the same genre and it might even be the same channel. I don't know. I ain't watched it since I was a, a wee Um Casual is the worst TV show ever. First five minutes, you always know some mad shit's going to go down though. Yeah. Oh, what's <laughs> going to go on here with, the, with the tractor up. in a barn? <laughs> and what's he doing with that matches? Stop it! <laughs> Stop it. Stevie Wonder can see your plot lines coming. But you know what's crazy? Like, you know how like in a 
crime thing, you won't. That's the bit you'll see last because you'll find out who did it, what they did, and that. But in this, you need that to set up the madness that is going to. Well, Obviously, it was good. Don't casually. carry a, a pitch fort like that. You're gonna. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's like it's like crap outtakes from Final Destination. It's Make the first bits of of of. of but casual. it's like the acting is horrific. It's on it's on prime time TV. Yeah, well. and it looks like they had. No budget, and they're all volunteers. Mentals that just <laughs> turned up. Like, th- imagine if you said, volunteer to be on a TV show. Imagine the mentals that would turn up. Yeah, that's... I mean, he's laughing. He's one of them. I kind of turned up for that. Joe turned up, didn't he? He wanted... Joe, so. Joe went on television on a game show. Bought a new suede jacket. And what? <laughs> he spent more on his suede <laughs> jacket he than he wanted. They did on the price. <laughs> You got a Kindle that you can buy for seventy nine ninety nine ninety nine ninety nine, and he's out here spending three ton on a suede jacket. Lunatic. His his prize was so crap that the game show host knew it was crap, so they said, "We'll give you a prize backstage." You got that, yeah, mate. You like? It wasn't I even a good kindling. It's one right. of the shit ones you get from the post office. Do you know, um, uh, you might have seen like medal ceremonies and stuff like that. And we can touch on this actually because it is Remembrance next week. Um, medal ceremonies usually have like, sometimes there's a royal guy or usually someone very high up in the military will give you your awards. I got mine slid across the desk. <laughs> I walked in, there's a new clerk. Clerks are like the admin types. What's your name? Housen. He went, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Literally slid across the desk. I went, what's that? He went, Iraq medal. What what medal was it? Iraq. So, because obviously there's loads of different medals, right? So you get a medal just for serving in a certain yeah, war. So people will have different medals for each war, but then yeah. you can get other medals for doing medals. different things. Yeah, yeah, I mean, British Army tend not to give them out. You got to die, basically, to get one of those. America, I think you get, I think America get it for flying over war zones, let alone serving in them. So America, that's why they end up with that, like, just bored of nonsense. You see a British soldier that's got seven or eight medals. Guys see some shit. Um, but yeah, you see Might the American be Might be. Uh, but yeah, I got my uh, Iraq medal slid over. Um, and to be fair, my, my Afghanistan one, it was a geezer just pulled that out of a brown envelope uh, while I was in Afghanistan. Shut me on and was like, there you go. Mm. Cool. <laughs> What's supposed to do with this? Yeah, that's a bit. No ceremony. Nothing. None. What's that instrument that they play? The bugle. That's the one. Is it that? Do you ever see that meme of the um, the blonde officer with Prince Charles standing in front of her going like that? No. Oh, she was my boss. What was she doing in front of? She was standing, um, yeah, if you Google it, um, army officer, medal ceremony, blonde, probably. Prince Charles. <laughs> the way Googles work. There we go. Second one in there. <laughs> It's a funny photo. Look at that. <laughs> so that's your boss? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really weird, isn't it? <laughs> is that, he, yeah, oh. so ba- basically everyone in that picture is from my unit, and I got mine slid across the table. So you should have been stood there getting fouled up by Prince Charles. Yeah, missed opportunity. It's a shame. What? If he would have saw if yours as well. That was at his house. What's his house called? Wherever no, it's not Buckingham Palace. It's something house. Sandringham House or something like that, is it? Sandringham House. Whatever it is, Whatever he didn't it pay is. for it. That was at his house. I actually want to say ass. it was in his back garden. My back garden? Yeah, so there you go. Mm. <laughs> We're saving that away for later. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, he's got to <laughs> save that to show that in the video, hopefully. So yeah, it is Remembrance Day soon, obviously. This no no one allowed to do the, the parades anywhere. So there's a bit yeah. of a thing going around in the military community, which is you're allowed to exercise outdoors. So why don't we all plan to exercise towards the cenotaph? March. No, just exercise there, yeah. run there, run. whatever you got to do there. Uh, pause there for a couple of minutes and then go on. So, yeah. Because I, I imagine, obviously, everyone knows the kind of person I am. I'm very anti-war. But those kind of people that have been in those situations. And like, when we learned about Remembrance Day, it was very much about World War One, World totally. War Two. That's what it was about. Do you know what I mean? We used to wear, we used to buy our puppies, do all that stuff. Remembrance Day was a thing that, and like obviously it's moved on since, but soldiers are kind of people that need probably need to be around each other at that time, and it because I can't relate to you about some of your stories well, or some of the things that a, you've been through. It was a World War One thing uh, and a World War Two thing, uh, but it's a whole different meaning for me now. I'm going honouring your know, mates that are left over there and and things like that. And in <coughs> Manchester, there's usually a few people that I know that I either serve with or. You know, you, you was on the same operations as, and it's weird, you sort of gravitate towards each other. Um, there's a little pub up now near the side of the town hall that, you know, I'd always go in uh, and end up staying four or five hours in there and, and usually buy, you know, four or five pints, leave a poppy in them for, you know, some of my mates that, and just leave them on the table and, and crack on. And it's become a bit of a tradition that I've done that for quite a few years and it feels weird not being able to do that this year, mm. even though... You know, it's not something that I sent my entire life around, but it's just a day to you know, remember. It could have been any of us. Mm. And uh, I think the the poppy thing and all that lot's been mega politicised. And I fucking hate how... Um, I hate them poppy Nazis that you get. So, like, if you're not wearing it... Like, someone will probably say something about me not wearing them. There's one on my car. You know what I mean? I don't need to wear it. I'm probably going to get one tattooed on me somewhere for the lads that I've lost. I don't I don't agree with the, the politicising of you have to wear a fucking poppy. Mm. Um, and the way it's become like, you know, if someone forgets to wear one on TV, they'll get hounded or you know, people have been calling them for them to lose their jobs and stuff like that. It's not the idea. The whole, the whole idea of poppy is about, it's for a lot of people at least anyway, it's about you know, people who died to protect freedoms. You've got a freedom to fucking forget sometimes. Or, or freedom you know to... I mean? A lot of people don't disagree with remembering people. It's just how they remember them. Hmm. Like some people think, I don't know, I don't need to wear a poppy to remember people or And the whatever, same kind so. of people that are overly zealous about making sure every presenter on the BBC wears a poppy. See their ass if someone wears a Black Lives Matter thing. Mm. There's no difference. The thing is, it was... A poppy has been a non-political statement that has been weaponized, hasn't it? Totally. Um, and, and Black Lives Matter is probably the same. Yeah, yeah. And people forget, like, obviously it's around Remembrance Day. We don't want to take it off that. But people people forget what the meaning of it is, which when we were in school, we were told this is what it's about. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you remember the blood shed and all that kind of stuff. And we used to rock them every... Now I... You, you understand that you also got to understand and you, this is something you do understand that a lot of people that live in Britain are from like um, colonies of Britain so they may have reasons why or relatives that were killed by the British yeah. and they probably think and yeah, also, I ain't going to wreck that I think a lot of um, the Brexit types forget 
that these colonies all fought. Mm. You know, India had a, a massive millions, um, yeah, millions of people that fought in I think First and Second World War, um, as did a lot of the the countries in, of Africa. Um, you know, whenever Britain colonized people, it, it you know it did what Romans do, make them fight for you as well. Mm. And all of those were involved in all the conflicts. And you know, I served with Commonwealth soldiers. You know, people from the Caribbean, people from um, South Africa, things like that. Th- you know, they're, they're still, or, and you know, even um, Australia, New Zealand. There's some sort of weird like exchange thing that goes on. So you see a lot of Commonwealth soldiers all the time. It's it's a big thing still. Uh, and you know, Fiji. There's an enormous population in Fiji. I but the biggest employer in Fiji is probably the British Army. Mm. Feels like, um, and all over the place. Like that. Do you know who um, started the Poppy Appeal? Who? Or yeah. No. A guy called Major George Howson. Sick. Not relative. Just coincidence. When was when did it start? Um, I think he started it in 1919. I think it was. was and did was the British Legion become a part of it recently, or? I think it morphed into the British Legion. Um, I think it was called something like the Wounded Soldiers Appeal, or something like that at first. And he, he basically got a lot of geezers that had lost limbs. And stuff like that, working in a factory. Factories in um, East London, I think. Still there, actually, the original factory. There's a there's a deep part to it as well, because it was there to raise money for wounded soldiers and, and things like that. And it's like, I don't know what you're... And again, we're not talking about football, but it's uncensored, so who cares? Um, there's a big part of it where, all over the world, really, but governments don't really show care for their armed forces, especially once they're out of the armed forces. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and the fact that you need to raise money for that is almost a disgrace in the itself, f- the isn't it? The fact that everyone has heard of <coughs> Help for Heroes is a bit of a joke. Shouldn't mm-hmm. need to exist. Yeah. Shouldn't need to Because a lot of homeless people yep. are... Because ex- I speak to a f- few, like... I always try and speak to people rather than just, oh, he's a quid, you know, piss off, get yeah. out of the way. And like, try and speak to important. them sometimes. And for, the, for everyone at home, that I, I won't, I'll go back to you in a sec, but for that's important for when you, you go and speak to homeless people, you've got to engage with homeless people because otherwise, can you imagine anything that strips your dignity and humanity more than having a beg on a street? Mm. But I reckon every time somebody stops and actually treats them like an actual person rather than just throwing a quid at them. Um, There's I, nothing I wrong with that, that as well. Like, you know, they need money. Like they're not going to, but sometimes just like, because for example, when we go to games and I, I, I wonder about this fella, like, so when, when I used to go to games by Old Trafford Cricket Ground, there used to be a fella there and I used to see him all the time, buy him a drink from Cafe Nero, have a little chat with him if needed a few quid, whatever. And like, I haven't seen him in, since March, bruv. Yeah. And sometimes I just think like, wonder where he is. And it's like, even now in this pandemic, those people aren't probably getting the footfall of people no, to get not. the money. And again, some of these people are ex-forces and it's like, it's remarkable that people showed all this um, patriotism and all this kind of stuff. But really, there's a lot of a lot of these people that have fought for you and you pretend you care for and you wear your poppy for and you, but they're out on the streets, you get me? It's, that was one of the major drivers was behind why I wanted to do the the charity podcast when I originally started doing it. it so was, that was for the homeless, right? Yeah, and it was it was because of how many ex-servicemen that I see. And there was uh, I used to work in Oldham when I was scaffolding. I used to have an office in Oldham. It was a Sainsbury's in the centre of Oldham. And there was a guy I used to stop, get my lunch, uh, three times a week. And he used to have a dog. 
and he shaved the Union Jack sign into the side of his dog. Um, <laughs> but he, he had a, a card of him one day, and I'd never clocked. Um, and I said, was you in the army? And he said, yeah, and he read his number out, and his number was eerily close to mine. And the numbers are sequential. Like, I, you can tell me your army number, and I'll go, do you know about 1984? And he'll be like, oh, A bit like yeah. your membership number at Old Trafford. Yeah, you can, you can guess roughly when someone joined based on their number. He'd be like, free or what? Behave brand new um and his number was close to mine and i said oh like where did you go and he was like oh, i did afghanistan and my head fell off i had to go and sit in my car ball my eyes out it was just in tatters and i was like that's me that's mm. you know i've i had some hard times out of work stuff like that at times and this guy's me and it's almost if you it, mentioned number there family. they almost become just numbers isn't totally it? Um, in fact, they do become just numbers, whether it's statistics on how many are killed, how many are sent home, how many are still there. Ultimately, they do become statistics. And that's why it's it's a weird one with show all this patriotism. But again, it's like maybe just buy your poppies and that, but also have a look every other month of the year. You know what I mean? Because there's people out there that, that are needing your help, not yeah, just ex-forces. Yeah, so. Again, it's not just even just homeless people. You've got to remember your people. So last week we give a big shout out to what Marcus Rashford's doing, looking after his people. Mm. And that's you know, what I hope that everything that we do sort of echoes with that. Yeah, and we, and we've been thinking this week how do we how do we do the twenty four hour podcast? It's well hard work, and that's not you know obviously no one's scared of the hard work here, but to keep it interesting and engaging for twenty four hours, to keep raising the money that we've got to do for twenty four hours to make it worth the the pain that we're going to go through, we have to bring people in. You can't morally really be bringing 15, 20 people through our office during a pandemic. Mm. So what do we do? So we're struggling at the moment trying to figure out how we come up with doing a 24-hour podcast because, you know, there's... I mean, my mum works uh, for a charity in Manchester. She's got a load of um, men that have got mental health issues and uh, most of her men haven't been outside since February. Mm. And on that note, by the way, a lot of people were going back into lockdown in the UK. If y'all need someone to chat to, you need to just holler someone, holler, holler me or Steve or holler anyone. Um, I need to start talking out here, innit? <laughs> I guess, because it's like, it's a weird time. I, if I didn't come here, I'd probably go insane at the moment. Like Not just, seeing people. Like, just being locked. So the fact that I come here is like a relief in itself. But even then... Even if I couldn't come here, I'd still be very fortunate. I live with people and that, you know what I mean? A lot of people don't have that fortune, I guess. So, yeah. But moving on from that, because it's a bit of a depressing one, well, I guess. it's uncensored. It is uncensored. And unplanned. And, and you might record. cry sometimes, I guess. It's life, I suppose. This is life. This is your life, Steve. Oh, I've shit. i read book here. And here's some... Oh, imagine, imagine we did that. Out some people. Is that even a but show anymore? It should be. I should present it. Me and my red book. Who presented it before? Was it Norris McWhorter? Or Michael was Parkinson. Was it, it Parkinson? Was it Parkinson? He had white hair. That? I remember that. This is your life. And the guy also always wear a grey suit. Get a new colour suit, man. Trevor Mac Michael Aspel, that was it. Aspel. Yeah. Trevor McDonald did it. When? Don't remember that. Two oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eamon Andrews. Wouldn't know him if I fell over him. Wow. Yeah, but he ended before I was born. <laughs> Michael Aspel. What's mm. he up to nowadays? I hope he's not dead. He's 87. Doesn't look 87. 
What yeah. a wonderful head of hair great. he's got. <laughs> well, th- this that's, is like that's a rate good fuzz. That is. He does look eighty-seven. <laughs> you, oh, you saw a picture from it, the eighties. It was an old photo. <laughs> Still not bad though for eight. I mean, he, he looks eighty-seven, but uh, not bad. There you go, eighty-six, looking dapper. Wherever that was, Daily Mirror. Is is he looking dapper though? I mean. Is he? I can't yeah, imagine what I'm looking be, at. Yeah, at 86, you still got any it. day you've not shot yourself is a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you did see after the picture, six. he shook his leg. A little bit fell out. A little bit fell out. Oh. Everton, Saturday. Oh, Holler man. at me. Carlo Ancelotti. How big a game is it? Well, we always have these images of Moyes and the Grim Reaper at Goodison, don't we? <laughs> and I suppose... it. This is this is a good video to do it in because we don't know the result of the Istanbul game. I mean, we can pretend we don't if you want. Yeah, we won. But we don't know the result of the Istanbul game. Um, does the Istanbul game have any bearing... Say the second name. Bashik Shahir. Brown fella, you shouldn't have asked me. Um, does the Istanbul Bashik Shahir game have the result of that have any bearing on Ali's future if he loses against Everton. Is he fucked, basically, if he loses against Everton? Because <laughs> um, he dropped 11 out of 18 I, points. I think there's elements of the fan base that are gagging for a, f- a never-was manager in Pochettino, um, which I still think is well on the cards. Um, regardless of the result of last night, regardless of the result of Saturday, I think there's some people that just have... But they don't make they the decision. Him. They don't, but they do... Um, in, you know, put pressure on, on him and they can create a narrative online. Like, I knew what Monday night was going to be like after it was on Monday night football. It was everywhere. It was tactical. Probably. Because Poch said in that. And I wonder if it's been tactical, tactically coordinated with Woodward. But he can't tactically coordinate Ali to drop 11 points. No, he can't. No, but if he's planning on... Like, this, this is a... You've got to remember, Manchester United is a football club that takes care of and wants PR more than any other football team. There's not another football team out there that's asked about PR as much as United, right? So do you think it's out of the realms of possibility that a £4 billion company with their most important appointments wouldn't seed um, something like this into the press? Yes. Whether that's by having him on and telling him the sort of thing to say. Because I think it's kind of common knowledge that we've had uh, a conversation with him. Not me and McCullough, I'm talking like United as a club have supposedly been uh, wording up Poch. Now, don't you think if that was an ongoing conversation about him being ready, that United, knowing that Ollie's a, a loved legend of the club, and that there's some fans that are going to stick with him no matter how bad it gets, do you not think that they would like to try and soften the, the shock of him being sacked by prepping some other stuff? I, I think clubs move like that. But I think there was also a lot of signs we were going to sign Sancho and we didn't. And I think a lot of those things that we think are maybe being briefed at times, which does happen, sometimes it could just be guesswork because it's such an obvious thing almost, you know what I mean? Because Poch is there, Sancho is there. Oh yeah, United, Sancho, Poch and United. It makes sense. So people can write stories. The thing that was more telling to me was in Poch's... He was very respectful to, to Spurs, which suggests he's still got an NDA with them. <laughs> um, but also, or he's expecting Jose to be sacked soon. Um, but also, he said, you guys have asked me on Monday Night Football for months 
and I've said no. And I thought, now's the time. Paraphrased him, but that's what he said. Okay. That why, to me why suggests, is now the time? Yeah. Why is now the time? Um, and that Everton game, is it a must win for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I think uh, because of the nature of our fan base, every game's a must win game. The Grim Reaper there popping his head through the door. Who was that then? <laughs> Literally the Grim Reaper, Alex Bagley, the super seeder. <laughs> super spreader. <laughs> just, yeah, the super spreader and seeder. He's just come off Air Force One with Donald Trump, having spread it about like a good and Good lad. No, I think the way our fan base is, hysterical and expectant and entitled. I, I think that there's an element of you have to win every single game. I seen some shit the other day saying... If only we had a style of play, it'd make the uh, the losses easier. I went, no, it won't. He went, yeah, it would. And I was like, no, it won't. I was like, Lou Van Gaal had a style of play. Mm. Jose's got a style of play. What the fuck the hell is that supposed to mean? Mm. I was yeah. like, what's Poch style of play? Mm. Um, but I think I think you've been. I think I love Ali. I want him to succeed. I hope we don't have to sack him because that would mean he's been successful. But if we sack him. Poch is a very good... I, I feel like you're being a little bit naive towards Poch. The guy was on camera saying trophies are only there to inflate egos. He's on camera like saying, was it before the Champions League he final? Didn't, I'm probably going to quit either way. In on, on Monday again, and it sounded like an interview almost. And I don't really want to talk about this because it's disrespectful and I'm still at the club. But he, he was talking about how like the level, the size of a club matters. And he was talking about how the expectations at a club matter and things like that. And it, it sounded like an audition for United. But I was talking about Ali here because Poch is there. Like, Poch's availability, I think, doesn't affect Solskjaer's job if he Definitely gets the results. Wrong. Definitely wrong. We thought he was gone last December. Me and you did a video saying yeah. he'd probably be sat by Christmas. But then he won those two games. Exactly. And he has the ability to do that. So, it's, a, it's weird. And like, I don't think, I'm not one of these people that says he has no tactics. I thought he got it wrong against Chelsea and against Arsenal. I thought he went in way too negative, respected him too much. But to say he doesn't have tactics is really naive. In it's fact, he's very, he's very flexible with his tactics. And the way he, wrong. And the way he plays, he sets up differently at different times. There may be the same common trends and themes that he wants to have throughout the team but he definitely sets teams up with different tactics in mind though he's a bit naive in a sense though I feel and he's done this a few times where are oh, the lads played good against Newcastle played them against Chelsea yeah it's two different opposition the diamond form. worked against Leipzig I used it against I think he believes in form and confidence uh possibly too much in that but sense. again do you it's not what works against Leipzig isn't necessarily going to work against Arsenal. Well, you, if you saw my Oppo previews of both, I didn't want the, the diamond in either. Especially with how Arsenal was going to press us. And Leipzig didn't press us quite so hard. Um, and Leipzig actually caused us, even though people go, Stevie won 5 0. We did. We, we were very clinical. But they caused us the problems that I expected them to cause us. And they didn't. Get, they didn't have the final ball or they didn't have the final movement to, to open us up and actually get the goals. But there were times that Wambasaka was 2v1 and mm. either dealt with it or the ball didn't come. 
Uh, there was times where Harry Maguire was dragged out of position and that third man run didn't come through the middle, which is something that they were, they were excellent at. So we, I think we rode our luck a little bit against Leipzig to get the 5-0. Similarly, um, Paris Saint-Germain, phenomenal result. Tactically fantastic. Rode our luck at times, though, because there's a few shots that Mbappe got off inside the box where you go, you know, De Gea's pulled out a big save there uh, and done really well. And ultimately, that is football. I'd rather have a lucky manager than a good one. But I feel... When people say things like that, and I'm not saying you're doing it, but they forget that we missed a couple of sitters in that game. Yeah, they do, yeah. You know what I mean? And, there was and, and the Arsenal game, as much as I could see that we was struggling <laughs> with the press um, and struggling to play out from the That's back. That's what annoyed me. Should, we all could see it weren't yeah. working. Ten minutes into the game, I was like, well, this is us. Fun. Even at halftime, I thought he was going to change this now. Um, but the, the expected goals on the game was 0.38 United, 0.36 to Arsenal, apart from the penalty. It was a nil-nil game until a penalty. Do you think the concession of nine goals in two home games has caused him to go this uber-negative kind of... Not super you can negative, see, yeah, you can super, see three to Crystal Palace. You're gonna, anyone's going to flap and go, what's going on here? You've got to. Um, and maybe we've just got to ride out this kink. And who knows, like, Everton... <clears throat> I've shown a little bit of, you know, they started off fantastic, but the, the cracks appear in that very thin squad very quickly. If we can capitalise on that, um, you know, we might do all right. And it it would be a good win for us, uh, but we, we desperately, desperately need that win. Do we get it? Do we get it? Um, yeah. I think Ollie's got this knack of pulling out a big win when he It'd needs be, one. Because we've beaten Istanbul, 11 away wins in a row. It'll be 12 if we beat Everton. How weird is that? We've got the best away record the club has ever had. Ever. Ever. Matt Busby. Forever, ever. No. Nope. Mourinho. Mourinho. Fergie. Nope. Van Aar. Mott. Never mind. <laughs> Tommy Duck. <laughs> Racist uh, run. Tommy Duck in Division 2. Smoking yeah. it. Nowhere near it. So it's weird. And then if you include the end of last season... We haven't won at home apart from Leipzig in like 84 seven, eight. years. <laughs> it's been 84 years. Anyway, Steer's got to go soon. Um, so. I got the last appointment at the Barbers. I booked it two weeks ago and it's coincidentally the last appointment he's doing. I booked mine at 11 today. <laughs> yeah. Went in, sat there till quarter to 12 because this dude put me in 11 for next week. It's when they're shot. That's pay, a scar, that. Pay money for that. Remember that? Remember that story when I told you that I dropped when I was playing tracking in Stingers? That's, that's the evidence of that story. All right, anyway. Uh, cheers for tuning in. You can get I'm these gonna on Audio Boom. I'm going to just give him page up for young Adam McCullough. Um, check him out on Audio Boom. <laughs> Start leaving us some reviews on <laughs> iTunes. Shall we, do a, shall we do a giveaway? A random giveaway? All right. Yeah. We'll give away Adam's car. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, get us a comment in below, and we'll get you uh, a model of Adam's car. Um, best comment. The on, real on one the video. is review us on iTunes. Yeah, and with his actual car, and we will send you a T-shirt of your choice from the Stretford Paddock. Not FC, so you can't get fucking football shirt. Links in the description. Links in the description. So go and do that. What we got to do? Best review on iTunes. 
Best review. Yeah, best make review. sure that we don't go and give us a one-star review and expect to win us fucking... Yeah, you dick. <laughs> um, Five-star review. Why it's the best podcast on this channel. Yeah, and if, and if you want to help us raise funds for Fair Share, cup of tea as well. Yeah. Um, thank you for tuning in to McCullough and Arson Uncensored. Thank you to Mr. Stephen Arson for joining us. Um, thank you to you guys at home for joining us. Thank you to Joe Ponder Dex at the back, DJ Ravon, and uh, thank you. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network.